Hello and welcome to another episode of the Self Made Podcast. On this episode, it's a little bit different. It's out of left field. We've had some business guys on here. We've had some guys talking money, training, strength training, mindset. But this is the quickest fix to improve your confidence that you will ever get. And the results are absolutely phenomenal. On this episode of the show, I bring on James Harkett, truly an expert of his craft. He is the tanner to the stars. He has worked from everyone from top models like David Gandhi to movie stars and film stars, Madonnas, the covers of Men's Health. You name it, he has tanned them. And not only has he tanned the elite, he's also worked with many people preparing for photo shoots, including personal trainers and regular office workers who may have never thought about ever getting a tan. As guys, we think it's a weird thing that we thought, ooh, that's a bit, bit thing for girls, isn't it? But in reality, it is an amazing experience and James truly is an expert at this field and makes people feel very, very comfortable and allows them to feel a million bucks when leaving. In this episode of the show, we break down his career, how getting a town from Saint-Tropez changed his life and the trajectory of his career, how he went and became the top salesman for the brand in a very, very short period of time. We learn his networking skills and how he got himself out there by going the extra mile and what is the true value of a town from your confidence and how to prepare and get it right for the big day, whether it's a holiday, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a photo shoot, whatever you want to look and feel your best for. If you enjoy the show, like always, please share on social media, tagging myself and James Harknett. We really, really appreciate it. And if you really like the show, please leave a review on whatever your favorite podcast platform is or support the show directly to allow us to do more with the show at our Buy Me A Coffee link. But without further ado, I will leave you with myself and James Harknett. So, James, this is a sort of slightly different episode to what I normally record, but I, I'll tell you a little story to enter into this episode. Have you seen the latest James Bond movie? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a huge James Bond fan. And at the back end of last year, I went and watched that movie, and mm. I left, that, left the cinema so incredibly angry at the decision to decide to kill off James Bond in a James Bond movie. Yeah. And at that moment, I thought, like, I, I looked at sort of the, the way cinema's changing and the, the, the amount of male role models that are sort of disappearing from our screens. And I, I sort of changed the avenue I went with my business, with everything else, and looking to try and improve mainly guys, but girls too, confidence by looking looking better, feeling better, performing better. And then I started looking at people that would be have a big impact in this space and as a much broader thing. And, and I, I remember stumbling across one of your Instagram posts and I thought, what you do for a living has an incredible power to mm. make people feel immediately good. Not 6, 10, 12 weeks down the line, but something that makes people feel good immediately after walking out of the W Hotel. And I can certainly vouch for that, having had a few times to you and felt a million bucks leaving it. So for people who don't know you initially, like tell us who James Hartness is and you know why you're good at what you do. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been in the tanning industry, so fake tan. That's not anything to do with sunbeds or anything like this. Is a, the self tan industry, um, which has actually been around for about sixty years. I've been part of it for about twenty two years. Um, I first got introduced to tanning um, in the late nineties, early two thousands, where I had a central pay tan applied to me, and so central pay one of the first kind of game changers in the tanning industry, where they bought out a product which was just a lotion, but it had a guide color in it. 
So when I say guide color, it had a vegetable dye in the ingredients so people could see where it went when they applied it to their skin. So you couldn't miss anywhere. Therefore, you wouldn't have a streak or a blotch or anything. Anyway, at that time, it was something that was applied by a therapist, like someone like me. Someone would put it on and then you wash it off the next morning, like spray tans you've had in the bar, and you would look completely different. You would look like you've been on holiday. It worked with the individual skin tone and would emulate holiday skin, golden glowing bronze skin for our sort of pale skin tones that don't see, that don't catch the sun. But it works on everyone from black skin, Arab skin, Asian skin, all skin tones it works on. So it completely changed my life in a way because it gave me that instant fix of feeling confident uh, because I was in my 20s, I was very fair skinned, I never tanned on holiday, and then all of a sudden I was brown. And it makes you feel a lot more confident about the skin you're in. Um, I felt confident to sort of take my top off around a swimming pool on holiday where I wasn't sort of translucent anymore. And it really just kind of like, yeah, completely changed my life. And I said to the girl that did it, I want to meet the owners of this company because it was a very small company at the time, it was quite niche, and I did. And I said to them, I'll be the best salesman you ever have. And uh, the area manager at the time, he put me in Harvey Nichols in Knightsbridge. Um, and they had a small counter there uh, in the sunglasses and, and also going to, going into edging into skincare. So I got that sort of footfall of people going, looking for glasses and like, good skincare. And I made it the most successful counter in the country. And, um, yeah, I remember some weeks in the summer that year, it was 2000, I was doing like £10,000 on a tiny counter in Harvey Nicks. And I was stopping everyone putting it on their skin. So right from the very start of me entering the industry, I was stopping people and applying it to them. But I'm just saying, oh, yeah, buy this, it's great. I would stop them and I would, like, have a consultation with them and I would get it, I'd wear gloves and I'd mousse, put the mousse onto their arms. And, I, yeah, I think I was one of the first people to launch the San Tropez Mousse. And um, it just started from there. And because I loved it so much myself, because you can see I'm very fair skinned and um, it just had such a, an impact on me. So from there, the industry started to evolve and the owner of Saint-Tropez, she taught me how to airbrush about two years later. So at that point, it wasn't like the spray guns like I have now, which I can just sort of like contour and move around the body. And uh, I think my, like my, dance training um, from my younger years and being a gymnast that helped me kind of have the certain distance between me and my client and the way I move my air gun so the, the way it sprays on so I'll get to that in a little bit um, but I was trained by the owner and I just got it I understood it and I liked it and I thought yeah I can work with this and so I stayed with Central Pay for the best part of 10 years and then I learned the industry inside out and I launched my own service probably around 2009. So 13 years ago now, where I started going to people's homes. I didn't have a base initially. So I would go and do some shoots near, here and there. I'd met some great contacts through the years. And um, I had a little reputation as like the spray tan man. And um, it kind of grew from there. And then I got... Um, I got the X Factor. I managed because I was tanning the kind of musical director of that. He was like one of Britney Spears' ex dancers called Brian Reedman. And he was a lovely guy and he really helped me. And, you know, he really, I met him at an event and he then he, he got me into doing certain things. And so that was really kind. And then I met a few other sort of famous people and people in the public eye. So I was kind of starting to get tagged as like a celebrity tanner. 
But my point of difference right back at that time compared to all the hundreds or even thousands of spray tanners, because by the mid, mid of, um, two, say 2010, 2009, 2010, spray tanning and fake tanning was everywhere in the UK. It's an industry worth about 70 million quid a year. And some people love it, some people loathe it, but it's a huge industry and it's to this day, it's still massive and the sales of fake tan products through the roof. So at that point, um, I kind of had a point of difference where I was very bespoke with it and I, I tanned quite cosmetically. So when someone came to see me for a tan or I went to tan them, I wanted them to look great in it straight away. I didn't want them to feel wet. I didn't want them to feel sticky. I wanted to, them to look, kind of look good in the guide colour so they could get an idea of what the tan was going to look like. I wanted them to be able to kind of go out in it that evening. I wanted them to be able to travel in it if they need be and not feel self-conscious. So just the way that I put it on and, and to this day, just my whole approach to it is, yeah, it's very prescriptive. It needs to match the individual skin tone. It needs to look real. It needs, no, I don't want anyone to feel like they've had a, a fake tan. And that point of difference kind of got me sort of talked about. And I, I, I worked with certain brands after I left Saint-Tropez and um, up-and-coming brands, very premium brands. And with, with the help of them as well, I got more exposure and I started to do press. And as I started to do press, I was very lucky I started to get talked about in the press. And that's a game changer. There was no social media back then. I think Twitter was just on the horizon. It was up and coming to Twitter by like 09, 10. It was becoming a thing, but it wasn't something that was um, something, of course, that you, you looked to pitch as much. It was something you read. Um, so there was no Instagram, that sort of thing. So the press was still very, very important, let's say, today in, in many ways. But, you know, getting an article with an article saying, I know where you can go for a tan where this guy will spray you and it will look good. And you're not going to look orange. You're not going to like a balloon purse, so to speak. And you're not going to feel like you've had a typical fake tan. So it kind of started to snowball from there. And I got a space in central London. And then I had an article written about me. And I think it was 11, 2011, the summer. It's called the A-List Tanner. So by that point, I was spraying everyone who, you know, all walks of life from 18 to 80 um men and women for all sorts of reasons for holidays for shoots for festivals for weddings for just for the hell of it I was turning everyone and um the W Hotel Starwood Group were opening their, their first UK W the first um, W one of the first ones in Europe and um the, the, the guy who was opening he read about me in Harper's and he phoned me direct and he said would you be interested in doing a day at our spa I said, I'll do a week at your spa if you want. <laughs> and I had this brand new spa um, in the middle of this hotel, right slap bang in, this, in the centre of London. It is the centre of the universe, so to speak. Right there in Chinatown, Piccadilly, Covent Garden, Soho, Regent Street. You're in the, I've got them in the middle of everything. Um, and whether you love that area or not, it's, still, it's a very busy, thriving hub of central London. So I was very fortunate to get asked to go there and I did it one or two days a week. And by the spring of 2012, so exactly about 10 years ago, I was full time. And my intention at that time was to make it the busiest tanning destination in the world. And <laughs> I've done it. So I'm so tired, but I love it. So um, I tan about 50 people a week at the W. And then I also I go to people's homes 
around like central London and north and east London as well where as much as I can because that can be mm-hmm. quite lucrative for me and people love also having it in their home they love just you know being able to get into their PJs or a robe stay naked whatever after the tan and not have to face like London transport or pay the money for a cab um so it's that's a big part of my business as well but I'm known as a tanning expert because there's nothing I can't really answer or know about it or any problem that I haven't come up against regarding uh, fake tan. And um, to this day now, yeah, I'm, as bu- I'm very fortunate to say I'm as busy as I've ever been. And um, it seems that people are really embracing, yeah, um, body confidence, positivity, getting their skin out, feeling good in their skin. And that's simply all this does. It's Kind of like what makeup does for for many women, many men. It just makes them feel that it brings out their assets. It highlights them, whether it's their eyes, their nose, their teeth, whatever it is. This is for the whole body. It just pops everything, you know, particular muscle tone, all that sort of thing. So I promise I will stop talking a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, this is, this is your show. You're happy to talk away. I can certainly vouch for the, uh, for the remote service. I remember the first time I ever worked with you was before uh, a team shoot at, at UP. My, my first proper photo shoot at UP was, what, seven odd years ago. And um, yeah. the, the, the amount of equipment that you bought to fill our little under-the-stairs back closet was absolutely yeah. incredible. It's like you literally bought a whole, like, spa to the gym, and like, yeah. you wouldn't have felt out of place. Yeah, and I, I get, that's all in out of my car, in and out on the tube. It used to be back then, and, you know, just in my big case. Um, but now I kind of like I've scaled things down so it can be quite sort of quite minimal now but yeah I have like the pop-up pod and everything so it's, it's a similar experience when I'm doing someone on location like if I came come to your gym it's a similar experience regarding the, the tanning experience apart from that I haven't got a ventilated booth there so at the, at the studio at the W I have a booth which you know captures any form of overspray because I'm doing so many all day it gets in the environment and I don't want it to be everywhere not that there's anything harmful in spray tan there's been many reports over many years saying oh if you're breathing in fake tan it can cause this but the thing is it's a it's an organic sugar fructose yeah from the ground um and it's a, a natural product and um I've been breathing it in for I guess what 20 years and um I've not got any problems and not had any issues with it and I don't expect to have um but um, yeah, so when I come to like a gym, like I, I go to UP a lot, um, it's so people can like have the have the same experience as they do when they come to my spa, which I think is important. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to unpack in in, in your intro there was the fact that you, you had this tan in the late 90s uh, with Central Pay. It literally changed your life. And it almost seems like you went from that moment and went all in on mm. wanting to be a part of this world. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of people that listen to this that, maybe want to change careers or trying to find where their passion is like what did you do prior to this moment and what was it that made you go literally I was um so straight before I had that tanning experience which I know I remember it being done in Fenwick Bond Street very nice department store still there very famous old traditional shop which I was selling Creed fragrance in and the reason I was selling Creed fragrance I love that fragrance because up until then, for the last three years, I'd been the customer service supervisor. So I worked in a call center in Selfridges, but that also meant that I had to see customers one-on-one. And when you're doing customer service, as many people know, it's basically the complaints. So I did the complaints, which I was good at for many years, about three years. 
and that has a lifespan that job you can't do it because it's quite negative yeah. you know i love diffusing situations and seeing the customer's point of view um but it got to a point where like it was no more and i was like i can't do this it's, it's having an impact on my life so i decided to go and just do have an easy life and I wanted to have my brain to switch off and not do anything. And I just wanted to go and meet people, go spray them some fragrance and do a sale, get some commission. So I didn't do that for long. I did it for three months. And then Sancho Pay happened. Mm. Fake turn into my life. And at that point, when I was selling fragrance on not very much money, I had no ambition whatsoever. I always worked because I had to, because I wanted money. I would work hard because I wanted to do the things I want to do in London. And... Um, I have a lot of passions that I enjoy. So I wanted, yeah, like everyone, I wanted good money, but and I don't, didn't care how I got it. And I didn't want a career. I, I, I wasn't academic at school because I didn't, have a, I didn't have a good school life. So I didn't put any effort into my schooling and I wanted to get out as soon as I could and earn money like many of us do. But I didn't know what I was good at. I, I knew I was a good performer and dancer and singer, um, but I didn't have the confidence to pursue that into the professional world in my 20s when I should have done. Um, so when self-tan came along, I don't know, the spray tanning, it almost, almost gave me um, a, a chance to perform because, you know, it's um, it's very, you can't just spray someone like that. It's It has to be very, very specific. Mm. So from customer service to tanning the world. Mm, yeah. So, Malik, you also mentioned there about how you became one of the best salesmen in the country for the Central Prey product. Yeah. And you sort of alluded to it a little bit, but you may, but the performance side of this may be part of the reason. But why is it you think set you apart from everyone else that was selling that product? Why did you manage to go above and beyond and sell more of the Central Prey brand? Yes, interesting. Um, I think it was also different that I was a guy doing it. You know, I was in my 20s. I was always very trendy when I was, you know, I loved clothes. I loved fashion. I loved hairstyles. And what I loved the Harvey, where I first launched it in Harvey Nichols, I loved that environment. I loved, you know, the, the, the clientele that would come in there. Um, and at that point, they also would have a lot of A-listers in there. You know, we would have Kylie in there. I used to have, I remember Martine McCutcheon was doing My Fair Lady um, in, the, in the West End at the time. And she'd come and she'd go, where's Mr. Sancho Pay? She'd call me. <laughs> and she was lovely. And I met all these, like, all these people that, you know, I've been watching on TV and listening to um, musically um, for all these years. And they were into this product as well. And I wouldn't just say, yeah, it's really good. It makes you brown. I'd like roll their sleeves up. I'd put my gloves mm. on. I'd start putting it on them. And I, the way that I'd kind of, I know, I always knew from the moment that I started using fake tan before spray tanning, I knew how it should be put on. I knew how it should graduate towards the wrist and hand. People to this day, they pick up their tan all over the hands. It collects on that more dry, more porous, more delicate flesh. The skin, you know, fake tan is not a body dye. It's not a makeup. It's a reaction. It's a reaction of the sugar filters to the cells on the surface of the body. On the, on the top of the epidermis here, we're covered in trillions of cells, which are constantly renewing. That's what the sugar in the product grabs to, binds with, and it's a malleard effect where it kind of it cooks them, turns them brown. That's why a fake tan lasts about a week, because over that week, the skin is constantly renewing. Like when you have a real tan from your, from your holiday, you come back, you're bronze and you look so well, 
the skin starts to repair. It starts to renew and this, you lose those cells and the, the old skin comes off and that's when you lose the colour. Um, so I knew how it should look on people. I would graduate it towards their ankle and know how it should look around like the, the areas of our bodies that don't produce natural moisture, like here and like wrists and hands and backs of heels. And I would know the body preparation. I would be relaying that to people in, in the shop as well. I would be telling them how, what you need to do, your regime, what it needs to be, rather than yeah, slap on your fake tan, wear your gloves, sleep in it, buff it off, whatever. No, I knew everything. So that's why it kind of took me further. And I would be talking and kind of, meeting all these people and then people would kind of come around <laughs> and listening to what I was doing. So it was kind of a bit like, it was a bit of what we used to say in the old days, a bit of theater on the shop floor. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it really, um, yeah, it was really something. It was something a little bit different and it was a product where you could, you could physically see the results yeah. of it as it was going on. Because like I said, it was the, the product to have a guy color it. And now what's interesting is many retail products, which are in stores across the country in our, in, in our pharmacies and that you buy online, they're all kind of trying to go down the clear route. So tanning waters, clear foams, because people don't want the transference onto their bed linen. And I always used to say to them, well, you're doing it at the wrong time of day or you're putting it on too thick and um, you're not putting it on. But, you know, if people like a clear tan, that's great. I personally don't like the clear tan. I think they've taken the industry back 25 years because I like to see where my product is going. And that was the whole reason, the whole reason that we have a tanning industry now across the world is because of those brands that put the colour guide, the bronzer in the product. Because fake tan is actually, the sugar is actually clear. So by putting a, a bronzer in the product, you could see, where your application was therefore you didn't miss anywhere and that's why you didn't have any streaks so. I, I suppose as well from a from a standpoint of one not missing something but also like having had that experience of spray tans leaving already feeling good about yourself and brown and has a big impact on the service yes. and the amount you want to go back if it's totally clear you sort of yes. lose that whole part of the experience yes it's, I think it's important, like when you come out of my booth, is to look in the mirror and like what I'll say to some people, when they've had like the, the light, that there's bright lights in my booth so I can see exact, you know, so everything's very, very clear along with the filters and the air and everything, the very bright lights. But as they step, but at, when they're in there, the light's quite artificial. So when they come out of into better artificial lighting in my room um, and they look in the mirror and then I'll say to a lady, I'll say to a guy, just pull your undies up on your leg slightly or just move your string of your thong and look at the color you were. So you can see that difference. And it's not till people see that and they're like, oh my God, I had no idea. I was that pale or it could, yeah. it didn't look like it was going on that dark. Cause I work in very, very fine layers, a bit like a makeup artist where I'm building up the product. If someone wants to go very dark, like me putting on five coats is not going to make a difference. Coats and coats of tan are not going to really make a difference to the finished product because the skin will take from the ingredients what it needs to tan. But when you have a guide color, these bronzers in the product, which are vegetable dyes, they're almost a little semi-staining. So when I build up with fine layers, say on the, like with guys on their abs, on the chest, on the bicep, ladies on their collarbone, on their decollete here, if I build up in very gentle layers like a makeup artist would with a brush, 
even when they've rinsed off thoroughly and they've even had a kind of a good scrub at it with their shower gel, certain areas can look more defined. So for men, that's very important that, they, you know, that all the crunches they're doing. I can sort of like highlight the, the tummy and, and all the muscles there. So, we, yeah, we want an eight pack. Mm. So if you've done 100 um, sit-ups a day, let's make it look like you do 1,000. Mm. And um, that has a huge impact on people when they see that. And so they can feel, and they, just like the shadows and the silhouette of their bodies, when they look in the mirror, that tan kind of like catches that and it, it, it almost kind of exaggerates them, it exaggerates the structure of the muscles and the bone, the bone structure of the body. When we've been working out, like say doing a transformation with yourself and you've done a 12 week transformation on your body and you see all your hard work and then all of a sudden it's kind of got a big frame around it and you just feel immediately, okay, this has really paid off. <laughs> yeah. From a, I suppose like as well from a, from a business perspective as well for you, I, I, I know that there's never been a time I've visited you at the W where I haven't, you haven't had a social media tag in that mirror in your lighting immediately afterwards, which you wouldn't get if the product was clear. You know, from that business, I'm sure you get a lot of, um, I suppose your network's pretty large now, but a lot of publicity from people coming out, feeling amazing, snapping, tagging yourself because they immediately feel fantastic walking up the room. I do sometimes, but that's interesting you say that because um, I've started to get more uh, attention on social media, as in people kind of following me, then direct messaging me. But I suppose, especially for, for women, I suppose when they have a tan done, it's actually something quite intimate, it's like private. So sometimes I would never say to you, to anyone who was coming in, can you do a tag? But a lot of people do. Hmm. Like I have my little hashtags in there and then that's absolutely individual to do that when and that's great if they do and a lot of people I don't even have to say anything to and they want to do they want to say where they are and what they've done we live in that society now and many times that can have a huge effect especially we can I just t- shut my door I'm so sorry Go for it. Yeah, yeah, cool. one second So, yeah, so the power of social media, it's, um, it's great because I can use uh, my Instagram, for instance, as like a shop window. So you can look in the shop window and see what you get when you buy something. So I'm very sort of, I'm very careful with what I put up and um, I, I don't want to sort of like beg people for a picture. I can always kind of tell if people are very happy to, to tag or put pictures up, especially if they're doing it for a photo shoot. Yeah. with a personal photo shoot um they're, they're more because they know the picture's going out there anyway yes i would never say i'll oh, send us your holiday snap with you and your tan on the beach you know that's private but yeah. if people are doing a photo shoot especially yeah with a with a fitness shoot they're more than happy to tag and that's why i think like with trainers like yourself um over the last 10 years i've tanned hundreds of people who who do the up transformations so that's been very that's been very beneficial mm. um and i'm very grateful to that and um i've i've done i was i did someone for up they had a, they had a shoot three weeks ago and i just got back from america and i went and did certain certain people that were doing the transformation having their pictures taken so to this day that's still a huge part of my business i'm very grateful for it. it's kind of like socials allowed that to kind of really gain momentum and people are like yeah oh i know where you can go get james to come 
Yeah. I bet that's very rewarding when it comes to actually starting tanning some of the clients as well. Like, you know, the, I, I imagine everyone's going to get a confidence boost coming in and working with you. you they're going to look better. They're going to feel great. But I can imagine coming in like trainers, fitness models, celebrities, they probably had a million tans. And, but you get that person maybe in their first ever 12 week transformation. They, mm. they never thought they'd look this good in their body at all. And now they've all of a sudden you you put that cherry on top where they look better than yeah. they ever thought possible. And they never even even comprehended the idea of getting a tan. Because I know a lot of people that I work with, the idea of getting a tan is very alien to them. Yeah. And then they get that and they, they, they never go back. They'll always consider doing it again. Yeah. Is it more yeah, rewarding in some ways working with some of those people? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I meet like, a lot of um, well, all walks of life from like solicitors to doctors to um, you know, it's very interesting. My job, if I, if I see like ten clients a day, all different jobs that they do, um, and it's very interesting to hear about them. So they would never have sort of like ever thought about getting a spray tan, especially a lot of men. Still, there is still that kind of stigma attached to it that it's something that women do. It is changing. Um, I'm starting to get more men's press, and that's like evolved over the last say five years. It's really kind of really changed the fact where in 2019. I got a GQ award for the best wellness experience in the UK. And like to, to get that sort of recognition from probably one of the highest grooming and fashion publications in the world was kind of a game changer. And that's thanks to people like David Gandhi, Oliver Cheshire, you know, big um, models, role models, and uh, people who look great in their skin, in their clothes, it, the, the campaigns they do. And they were saying, yeah, I don't go in the sun. I go and have a tan with James at the W and it's something I'm very proud of doing. I'm looking after my health by doing that as well. It's looking good. And again, it gets back to like the trainers that I've done. I've done so many trainers now so they can then say to their client who could be, you know, someone who would never contemplate fake tan. And they will say, no, go to James, go and have a, have a tan done. This is going to be, yeah, it's really going to just kind of make this the finished product. And it's going to, yeah, like I said before, it's going to just frame all this work you've done in those pictures. You've got those pictures for life now. And a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time that client, you know, he's a solicitor, he's this, he's that, he's a city boy. He might then come back for his holiday. And like if he's going away and he hasn't seen sun because he's been working hard in the office or she has, and they come back and they see me and they have a town before they go abroad. So they can get around the pool, they can get on the beach and look like they've been there for a couple of weeks. And it's all about the confidence mm. and the body positivity again, because you, some people feel a little self-conscious if they put on a pound or this. We all come in different shapes and sizes. And in an ideal world, we just love our skin we're in. But some people, and my, myself included, can feel a little bit self-conscious and like, don't feel as you know body perfect as they want us want to be, especially in the age we live in now of seeing a million bodies on your Instagram and yeah. TikTok feed. So it's nice to have that tan put on, and it just gives you that that edge of like, yeah, I look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally agree. You, you mentioned the, like the whole of this episode, the the names you've dropped and the people you've worked with. There's a big. There's a networking side of this that's that's that seems you know very very important in how you built your business. It's not social media; it is word of mouth. You know your reputation yeah. going before you. And there'll be a lot of people listening that run their own businesses that maybe you know are struggling with networking. It, this is something that you seem to have done very 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 well. Like, what do you think has helped you get in front of the right people, or get your name spread out there, or get the press and attention that you have got? Supposed to many other town people that might be yeah. really good but hidden away in a <laughs> In a salon somewhere. Yeah, sometimes I think that like, my, I don't put a lot of work into my social 
media mm. presence. I don't. Sometimes I go weeks about it. I'm quite a private person. You know, I don't, and each to their own. And I don't spend a lot of time on social media and maybe as much as I should. But like I said, I use it as a shop window. It's like a, a kind of like a portfolio. It's almost like a CV of like, here's my work and a tiny bit of my life. I don't want to bore people too much with, with my gorgeous dog. But um, my business has been built during this, this kind of growth of social. It has been done by, and this is where I get the feedback from my clients, because if I meet someone for the first time, which I do every day, I meet new people every day, come to me. And I do ask, well, did someone recommend me? How did you find out about my tanning here? And they always say, if it's not by, oh, my, you did my friend for her wedding. Oh, you did my mate for his shoe. If it's not that, it's I Googled you. And I said, what did you Google? They go, I Googled best tanning in London or best men's tan, male tanning in London, best spray tan London. And they Google that because when you want to find a service, whether that be a masseuse, a trainer, a hairdresser, a facialist, whatever, someone to come to your home or a place to go in the city where you live, I think you do Google it. You don't put the hashtag of like, oh, best hairdresser in into uh, Instagram looking for that person to come up. I think Instagram works for, for other things very, very well. But I think when you want to find someone to do a service for you, I think it comes like a bit, of, we call it old fashioned now, a bit of old fashioned Googling. And then you can find, so you can find recommendations. You read a blog, you read a forum, you read a review from a magazine, from a local newspaper. That's how I started my, just coming back to your question there. That's how I kind of started to get known. When I left Saint-Tropez and I didn't have a PR, I hadn't worked with the press that much at that point. I'd done a few events for Saint-Tropez, but I was more sort of like a, a spray tanner for them going to stores. I would go to stores that weren't selling too well, and then I'd do an even event and spray people's faces and then get them to buy the product. So I didn't have a huge press following when I went out on my own, but I, I started to contact like local magazines and local newspapers. I would go around the gyms in my area and I'd put up a card. I'd you know, and it was yeah, it was quite old fashioned back then. I would um, just kind of get my brand out there, and um, I also, when I was starting off, I launched my own service. I did a lot of complimentary tans. I would ring up a, like an office, like a big business, um, and it's kind of like maybe someone like yourself starting off would go maybe to like offices in Canary Wharf, for instance, in the city, and say, "Look, I'm a trainer." I will, you know, I will offer a discount for you for your first couple of sets. It's all like that. I would offer complimentary turns to writers, to people working in the local press. Um, once did where I live, East London, where I live, I would offer complimentary turns. And if they wrote just one line, oh, this guy called James, that is a spray tan man, came into our office. This word can get out. You might get, I might get one client from that, but that's one client. Then you can tell all their friends and all, and it spread. And spread and I've had friends who've been on holiday all over the world and I had one friend her name's Shona uh, me and my husband's friend and she was I think she may have been in Mykonos and she was sitting next to someone around the pool and she earwigged someone having a conversation about yeah I had that guy James do my tan in that hotel yeah <laughs> and that was weird freaky for her and I was actually in a restaurant with my friends a few years ago in um, Totteridge, uh, North London. And there was a table, um, big, oh, it was a Sunday lunchtime, and a table with me and my friend were starting, they were having a conversation about me. And I just thought, word spreads. Mm -hmm. So social's amazing, I know, but 
one-on-one with clients is, you know, and having doing a good job like what you do with your clients, they tell people. Mm. So it's all about word of mouth and giving people a great experience. And um, yeah, all around it all starts to work. It takes time, but I think I was out on my own for like three years before I was determined. And I didn't, I, I didn't, I never said no as well. I have to do that now. I have to say, no, I can't do that, Tan. I've got 30 people today. I might <laughs> keep over. I'm getting old. Um, but yeah, it's like if you believe in something and you really enjoy your job, if you really enjoy it, and I do really enjoy it, I love the walks of life I need. And I like people, I, I with what I do, and you might agree with this as well, You, it's, a, it's quite a positive environment with the fact where everyone I see Although, like some men and some women are very nervous, they, they're doing this for the first time. They don't want to be orange. They don't want to have a typical sort of Essex tan, as it's known as. Um, they don't want to look, you know, they don't want to look fake. So they are a bit apprehensive and they're nervous, you know, getting undressed in front of someone they don't know. So it's very important to me to make that experience from the moment they come in and I meet them really a positive one and um then they go away and they think oh yeah that was great it was easier than i thought and then they've got whatever it's for to look forward to mm. so yeah it, it's all round. it's a i never get it's never a, even if i was in a bad mood or i'm having a bad day or i can't ever show that because i tell you i wouldn't want to spray tan from someone who's a misery <laughs> yeah so it has to be um it has to be very positive like I, I remember, love, love him or hate him. Uh, one of the things I learned from you know working for Nick Mitchell was that he says you've got to put a performance every time you come on the gym floor, and it's a similar sort of thing. And I, you say a lot of those things are old fashioned in terms of going into offices and literally the word of mouth thing. But what is old fashioned maybe now might be going the extra mile because I bet your competitors are putting, posting on social media and hoping, whereas you going in and physically being in someone and giving those free times is like, well, this guy's willing to go extra. So he's probably willing mm-hmm. to work that little bit harder. Yeah. Um, is, was that a surreal feeling when you were listening to those conversations about like almost like a minor celebrity effect? Like there's another table of people you don't know really talking about you. Is that quite a surreal sensation when you were out? Yeah, that was just like off the scale. Like I was like, that's nuts. Yeah. That kind of made me feel like, oh my God, what I'm doing is, is good. I'm doing a good job. And that made you feel like made me feel really confident. I've you know, like many people, I've suffered with confidence issues um in my life and whether I was doing the right thing. And so it would yeah, it was really something. I felt very proud. It's a bit like when I got my like my GQ award as well. When I got my GQ award, that didn't sink in for days. I just couldn't quite get my head around that. That, you know, that I've got an award by like one of the world's biggest magazines in the world like everyone knows the GQ awards and from what I do which was my decision to go out and do this I got an award for it so it kind of that was yeah it was, it's still very odd to me I think public people feel that you know with awards as well you know there's a, a feeling that it's sometimes it's just a lot of backslapping oh have an award for this you're great you know what I mean and like where people doing amazing jobs don't get awarded for but I don't know. Maybe I, I feel good that it's kind of I was awarded for doing something that makes people feel good as well mm. as makes my living. I suppose we all get sort of wrapped in a little bit of a in a bubble with what we do. You see it every day, and you know it mm. has a positive impact. But you you you're so within the the scope mm. of what you do, you don't see how wide a field that impact can potentially have. I suppose uh, it's it is it's 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 strange. And 
like to this day, right now, I mean, there's a there's an article about me in the current issue of Tatler. The Tatler, such a traditional magazine that's been around for many, many years. And there's just, it's, I think it's the articles about the best people to know for this, for each service. And like, and they did, yeah, they said for the bespoke town, for the best bronzing in town. And that's, you know, 20 years on, someone like Tatler is still writing about what I do. And so that makes me feel like uh, I'm, I'm doing something right. Mm. So, you One of the things you, you mentioned this in a number of times from performing backgrounds to the difference in sales to how was the fact that you, you knew how to do it and people watched and you mm. mentioned making people feel comfortable. And yeah. it's one of the questions I had was one of the things that, that stuck out in my head when I first went to work with you was the almost larger than life persona that you have. And I know you, you seem very proud to be, you know, making people feel confident, having a personality. Is that something that is just inherently you? Or, as you mentioned with having a, a bad day, is this you dialed up to a level? That's good. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, no, it's kind of like I have a million things on my mind. Like I was going to work during the pandemic, like so many people, and where I would normally have 10, 12 people booked in. I would go into W in 2020 in the summer when we opened up partially when London was kind of like operating on like one battery and um, I would go in and I'd have like four or five tans a week so there was barely any money coming in but it was still something and mm. um, yeah you 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 know I had to dial it in I had to make sure that I was still giving that same service um, but I think actually at that point, although it was a worry and a worry for everyone, like, cause I thought to myself when the pandemic started, is a spray tan going to be something on people's radar? Is it going to be a priority? No, it's not going to be a priority. And understandably, you know, having enough money to pay the bills and where we're going with this is, is a priority. And it's, those sort of luxuries were not going to be on people's radar, but actually the sale of fake tan products went up during the first lockdown for instance fake bake who i work very closely with they their sales were extraordinary during the lockdown um so i do a lot of like um, like everyone was at the time uh there's instagram lives doing tutorials and showing people how to do it um but i getting back to your question i mean to sidetrack there i think um yeah, that's probably why I was good at customer service as well. And like before I did customer service at Selfridges, I worked at John Lewis and I worked in the bridal department and they put me in the bride's list. So when people did wedding lists back in the day, they don't do them now, they just say have a voucher. Um, but I would do, I was in the wedding list department and they put me on the customer service in there because hundreds of brides said, oh, my Wedgwood's not arrived and my crystal's shattered and my rug's not come from Egypt. And so they would put me on that. So I would diffuse and I would calm people. I bundle nerves myself, but I was very good at, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, kind of making people feel relaxed. It's going to be fine. This is what we're going to do. Plan of action. This is, you know, so I'm quite matter of fact like that. Um, and I, to this day, if I, if I have a bit of a moan about anything, I won't, I, I want to do that so that I can come up with an answer. I always want to have something, a solution. Um, but we've we're tanning if anything ever goes wrong like with a client whether it's like not the right tone for them if someone brings me and says that James it's, it's just I've got one bride I'm doing hundreds of brides this year one bride her and her groom came there lovely 
and very politely said, it's just not dark enough. I don't know if it's the right tone for me because I want people to come back and say, if this is not the right tone, we try something different because mm-hmm. everyone's skin is different and all fake tans work differently on every skin. So I want people to be able to feel comfortable and say to me, can we try something else? Is there anything else you can do? Can I tweak it? And I can. And normally when I see someone's skin, I know what to put on them. Um, but back to your question, no, it's, it's, I don't have to dial it in. It's um, when you've got nice people coming in and they're excited, they're getting married or they're going on holiday and, you know, it comes quite natural. People don't normally come and see me. I, I can sometimes sense, you know, a nervous energy and that's great. I've got nervous energy and I can thrive on that. But most people, like I said, I might be tired, a little bit thoughtful about this, that and the other and um, generally fed up like everyone gets. And I can actually, once I get into one or two clients and you get that energy back from them, probably like with yourself, like you start trying, you start talking to your client, you start hearing about their weekend, their life, their plans and all sorts of things take over. And that's quite stimulating. Mm. I think it was a journalist. She said to me about a year ago, do you get bored? You must get so bored. Spray, spray, arms up. I went, no, because I have a different personality. I'm asking to do those moves to every half an hour and all mm-hmm. those different personalities. Like that could be a comedian, a singer, a doctor, a care worker, a this, a, you name it. I've got it in front of me. And that's rare. That's interesting. I think that's why hairdressers love a good old chat because and yeah. they're those sort of people as well. Cause you, you know, and like trainers as well, you're getting quite close with people. You get relationships with them. A lot, a lot of my clients, I kind of sometimes think, you know, is this appropriate? They're kind of like my friend. Hmm. Is that right? But they're paying me. <laughs> they're slapping yeah. some cash down. <laughs> and they're, um, yeah, but it is. You feel like they're, they're a bit of a mate, which is nice. I remember, I remember the first time I walked into, um, I'm not sure, I can't remember if this, this, I think probably is both. But the first time I worked with you, whether it was the first time I came to the W or whether it was the first time we had the, the room we set up at, at, at the UP uh, stairway. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, I, I was obviously nervous to this. And you, you got this guy come in, the reputation of, we got the guy in that's going to do, there's all the men's health covers and all these celebrities. And I'm, you know, first guy, first guy looking lean. I'm like, bit of imposter syndrome. How do I compare to all these other guys? But I remember leaving any time I've had with you, feeling like a million bucks, not feeling any different in terms of the condition I'm in, the shape I'm in, the, the who I am, to anybody else that probably felt, you know, in your, that came into the, into the booth that day. And I think as well, you, you mentioned um, performing arts been a big thing in, in your upbringing. And I think that's that's very easy to say in some sort of, from, from looking at how you work, there's, if I wanted to spray the back of my hand, if I was asking someone to spray the back of my hand, I would just say, could you lift your hand like this? There is a full body swish in a James Hartnett demonstration. <laughs> that is yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that, you know, you go and tell people, because like, this guy is interesting. The town's great as well, but the guy is interesting. He's different. He's unique. He's he's not like any other person who come in and be just like lift arms up, go. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I can yeah. imagine that spread the word of mouth as well because if you're going to feel nervous, you better feel nervous someone that makes you feel comfortable. Um, that's yeah, that's um, and that wasn't something that I planned. It's just something that happened. Is when I first started doing it, and my movement has always kind of been like that, and I've always been quite fast and. You know, I was a dancer from like a kid and just wanted to move, move, move. Not so much now. I slipped two discs in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it's kind of, it, it kind of made it much more easier 
to get around the body with the gun because I'm kind of like, and people kind of copy me. Um, so yeah, and I suppose I've had a lot of people say, um, I've been told to book you, and I'm, oh, you're the guy that dances around the living room with this <laughs> And um, so yeah, it's kind of, but it's just, it's just how I do it, and it's just mm. helped me. And it's just, um, I think some people have an idea of a fake tan, a spray tan that's going to be quite wet. And by having that dancing experience, it doesn't, there's not time for it to collect on the skin Absolutely. in any certain area mm-hmm. to be wet. Because by the time it's hit the skin, it's moved around the body. So it's kind of like the performance is letting you be dry as you're getting breath. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not just a performance. That's interesting. So I know you've, you've, you've got to head off on the hour. So I, I want to ask just from the, you know, to bring this all together. What, what in your eyes, what is the importance of a really good tap for somebody? Why should somebody get a tap? Uh, because it's just, it's holiday you. It's, you know, it's healthy you. People think of tan skin when you get off the plane or say you come in from the pool or the, or the beach and you look in the mirror, you've had your shower, you put on some after sun, you think, God, I've got such a healthy glow. Because... Yeah, your eyes were if they're blue, they look blue or brown, and the white comes out more. Your teeth look white, so your lips look pink, your hair looks whatever. It just does so much when you look at you when you're brown. So it is such a, a positive. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> With my little friend, she is not happy that I'm talking about not talking about her. Bear with me just a moment. She's <laughs> a good girl. Hello, so, we got a guest star. This is definitely going to go on YouTube now. So, yeah, it's um, where were we? We're talking about just what, power of a tan. why a tan, why it makes you feel so good. Mm, yes, yeah, what the power of a yeah, tan. Because, yeah, I think it just kind of gives you that confidence to show off your skin, to be in your skin and just feel good about it. And um, like I said, we, we all come in different shapes and sizes. And when you're, when you're bronzed, no matter what your skin tone is, um, as long as that spray tan like myself has got the right product on, yeah, you just feel instantly lifted and confident. And in in the last in the, in the last few years, what we've all been through, every single person on this planet, um, it's very important, and we know to just have back a little bit of positivity in our mind about how we look. Mm-hmm. You know, I put on an awful lot of weight during the, during the pandemic. And just by having a tan on my skin, yeah, I, I, when I go on holiday, I won't be ashamed to take my top off now because, you know, I, I have a nice glow on it and it just does a lot of the work. I remember yeah. my old boss in Saint-Tropez, she said, if you can't tone it, just tan it. And, <laughs> and loads of other people have said that, the press have said it, but it was, it was true. It was true. It really does do, do it's a quick fix for a real positive feel to yeah. men and women of all ages and of all skin tones all skin colors um and it really just makes you feel like like i said i do a lot of black skins as well and that sounds like why would you tan a black skin because all skin tans and also it's kind of the glisten i've done a lot of black guys and ladies for for shoots as well and it kind of gives them more sort of depth to a more golden shade on top of the skin. Mm. And it just kind of, yeah, it's just like like what makeup does to Mm. the skin. So it's, yeah, to me, it's a real, it's, 
it's showing beautiful you the best you can look I, I agree with that, and especially looking at the, the the COVID comparison you mentioned before. It's we've had a lot of things that were in our control two, three years ago that now are not in our control that can affect our health. And we all know that action ch- creates change and creates confidence. And something that breaks right. pattern, like a tap, that just changes your state, it's amazing what that could be the catalyst to you doing that you might not have had if you didn't feel confident enough to take the action needed. Um, yeah. So if someone's thinking about getting a tap, Last question for, you know, find all your socials, things like this. What things should people do to prepare to get the best time? If they're coming to you in a week's time, what do yeah. you do this week? Um, yeah, preparation is one of the main factors for it, to, for it to be perfect. Yes, I need. I don't doubt my application. But if someone turns up to me, and guys including this, a lot of guys when they're doing like a, a, a fitness shoot, if they've done a transformation, they're having their picture taken for that, the, the thing they do the night, the day before, they might think, oh, I can't get tan in the, the hair on my chest if they've got hair anywhere. And they trim it or they shave it. Now, shaving to me as a spray tanner is the and waxing causes the most problems. That is problematic to me because what it does is when you shave any part of the body, as well as taking the hair down to the follicle, you're removing skin. Because like I said, we're covered in millions of cells we can't see. So you take that skin off. So like someone like comes to me, a lady says, I've just shaved all my legs, exfoliated with an inch of my life. I'm all smooth. I'm like a clear canvas for you. And really that's going to make it so problematic for me because I can put the spray on very beautifully. And sometimes I can see it run off because the tan has got nothing to grab to. Uh And then guys have said to me, well, I like the color, look good on my face and shoulders and arms, but my body was a lot paler. Why didn't you do my, why didn't you tan me darker? on the body and I did and I used the same solution and the skin absorbed what it could but the skin where you had a body groomer or a shave or a razor it took the skin off then the tan went on it didn't have anything to bind with Hmm. so most important factor is your hair removal regime so if anyone's waxing I say please do it at least 48 hours or more the longer the better so the skin can renew People say, oh, it's big. You, you need to do your shaving 24 hours before a tan so that the tan doesn't go in the dots where the, the follicle is. No, not about that. That's not a problem. What we want to do is make sure there's an even layer of new cells on the surface of the body so the tan can cling evenly. So also what I say to people, if they're using something like retinol, which is renewing the skin, it's a, and people that are over exfoliating their skin all the time. One nice gentle scrub 24 hours before a spray tan is all you need and concentrate on the areas where the skin gets built up and dry, like here, your elbows, the backs of your heels, your knee. The skin is different there, doesn't produce moisture there, and that's where it can over-absorb. So having a, just using like a, a glove, which is like an exfoliating glove you get from the, the, the supermarket for a couple of pounds, having a gentle all over with that, or just a gentle body scrub, nothing too expensive, just to prepare the skin and make it nice and clean and clear. Clear from fragrance, clear from deodorant, clear from antiperspirant, clear from dried perspiration or the remnants of any other product, whether that's a balm, an oil, um, and a balm, like say from your shower gel, it could leave maybe a residue. You just want to be clear of everything and then your tan is going to go on perfectly. <laughs> and if anyone ever has a problem, like, like one lady, she came for a trial in February. It was a cold day. She had three or four layers on. She got to my spot. It was warm. Big polar neck, big parka. 
And I said, will you not wear all that on the way home? I know it's freezing because her skin, she had like a vest top on at the bottom and her skin was on skin. So after the tan, you need to stay cool. You need to stay dry. And so she got on the tube and she started to sweat with all these layers on. And if you sweat in the first couple of hours of having a spray tan, that's going to mottle it. It's good, but it can't work because the sweat is pushing out the product. So it's very important to arrive for your spray tan, cool and dry, and to leave and like get a cab home. Maybe on a hot day, then get the tube or get or get the bus. And this is for town for people having a spray tan all over the world. Yeah, think of how you're going to get home from when you have the treatment, or maybe if like if you're somewhere hot, like in like I I have tanned a lot in New York in the summer and in in LA as well. I'm like jump in a cab or have your spray tanner come to you and then you can just stay in the cool so that your skin is dry afterwards. But preparation, things that I just said, they're, they're all over my website and many articles I've written um, for many publications which are online. It's very important pre-tanning. Um, and then once you follow all that, the tan is perfect. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's really, really good advice. And I generally enjoyed this hour. It's been really, really interesting finding out a little bit about yourself and um, where you came from and the importance of a tan, which I think is something that is very underestimated. So for people who have learned a little bit from this, want to go and find you, um, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm very easy to get hold of. Um, you can go on my website and that just press contact me and that if you have any questions. And I do, I had a guy message me the other day. He currently uses Tom Ford uh tan it's a gel and he wants to know whether he can use it on his body what tips i have for the using it on the body could he use it and i told him what to do but people do message me you can message me on instagram but i prefer people sending me a whatsapp my number is on my website if you want to book with me at the w hotel the spa website has all the booking on there and you can call the spa or book online and you can get your appointment that way i'm very fortunate where i'm booked up for like the next month there's a lot there's a few gaps here and there I'm very fortunate. Um, um, people are really getting their tans on and getting all sorts of reasons. But, um, yeah, I'm easy to get hold of. James uk, and um, I'd be delighted. Oh, thank you very much, man. I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>